0: Coming up on episode 151 of Appetite for Distortion, we will be speaking with Dan Estrin, guitarist of Hoopestank. And then after that, we'll be doing Shotgun News with Brett Buchanan of AlternativeNation.net. We're both going to review Austin City Limits Weekend 2. So stick around. Welcome to the podcast. You know distortion and welcome to the podcast appetite for distortion episode 151 my name is brando thanks for hanging out for another edition of this Guns N' Roses-themed podcast, this GNR Bar Mitzvah Party of a broadcast. Uh, coming up momentarily, we're going to be joined by, uh, of both via phone, two guests today, I guess uh, that's how we can we can phrase it, Dan Estrin, the guitarist of Hoobastank. I don't know where you were when Hoobastank uh, broke, but uh, they really bring back strong college memories, uh, for me, I saw them way back when. I think it may have been called WWE World here in the city. I don't know what it's called now. Maybe the PlayStation Theater. They played with Blindside, uh, so th- th- it was a great show. And of course, they've opened up for, for Velvet Revolver. So we're and, and GNR. So we're gonna talk, you know, with our six degrees of GNR Bacon. But uh, the main reason why Dan is is talking to a lot of radio stations uh, today is that they are celebrating. I can't believe. 15 years, the 15th anniversary of The Reason. Uh, they're releasing the landmark album on vinyl, uh, and that is out, available now with a lot of uh, bonus features. So he's coming in momentarily. And then after Dan, we're going to be speaking with some of you like him, some of you uh, don't like him so much, but uh, I consider him a friend. That's Brett Buchanan, the uh, the the owner of AlternativeNation.net. Brett and I finally got to meet in person At Austin City Limits. So we're going to give our review of that. And also, Brett was the first one to break the news uh, to the world. And if you've been online recently, everyone's picking up this story, how Rick Dunsford, just a regular Guns N' Roses fan, is becoming somewhat of a household name in the GNR community, has been banned from all Guns N' Roses uh, shows for the rest of his life. Such a shame, really, but we'll we'll talk more about that later. But first, on the line, Dan Estrin from Hoobastank. Such a pleasure that I get to meet you uh, today and speak with you on the phone about Hoobastank and some other stuff that we'll get to. Uh, But one thing that I can't help but think of when I think of of the reason the song and and the album, and I'm curious if you get this a lot, it reminds me of a breakup.
1: Um. I mean, we get we get that. You know, I I, I want to I thought you were going to actually say how many people say to you the reason reminds you of um, of junior high school or high school. It
0: reminds me very vividly of my freshman year of college.
1: Um, so then it must remind you of college. Yeah. I mean, everybody has their has their memory of it and, and where they were at the time. And um, yeah, dude, it's funny. It's cool, though. I mean, it's something we're all very proud of.
0: Does it feel like it's been 15 years since the album came out, or does it feel like yesterday for you?
1: It could feel like both, to be honest with you. Um, It feels like yesterday to a degree because I'm constantly surrounded by it. Um, It hasn't gone away, and, you know, a a lot of musicians just kind of don't collect stuff. Don't hang on to stuff. They're not nostalgic. They don't care about memorabilia of their stuff. I don't know. I, I happen to, I like, I'm proud uh, of, of everything. And, um, you know, I have, uh, photos, video. I, I, filmed everything. I took my camera with me everywhere since day one. So, um, so going back and, and revisiting some of the footage of us in the studio, making these albums when we were in our, you know, early twenties, um, it's super nostalgic. It's crazy. It's just crazy to see it. Um, so in that sense, it feels like it was just yesterday because I'm seeing stuff that that I'm, like, reminded of, and I'm like, oh, wow, okay, there it is, and ha, 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 it's funny, or, oh, yeah, I remember that, and we did that, and it just hasn't gone away.
0: Does it mean anything different to you 15 years later? Are you a different person than you were when that song came out?
1: It, it, it You know, I think the reality of, of, of it all has, has hit me a lot more. And um, when people talk to me or tell me how they feel about the song, I think that I can, I think I appreciate it more now than I may have back then. Not that I didn't appreciate it back then, but I was younger. I was probably a bigger prick. Um, Maybe a little bit. uh, I don't know, dude, you know, when you're younger and you're confident and you're just killing it and you're doing well, uh, maybe you act a certain way. I, I just, it was more normal back then. every, every little bit of success, Seemed like okay this is normal this has been this is the next natural progression for us whereas now we're not in that boat right this minute we're not selling 100,000 records a week we're not all over television like we were we're not all over the radio like we were um so uh it's just it's weird it's a weird it's just a weird place to be in but it's killer i'm not complaining about it in any way it's been amazing it's been absolutely amazing
0: sure i understand now, if you couldn't tell from the name of this podcast, we look at everything through guns and rose-colored glasses, uh, is anything with a, a connection, six degrees of GNR bacon connection to to GNR. So, uh, while introducing you, I, I told my audience, uh, I saw Hooper when you guys first broke with Crawling in the Dark, and at the time, it went with my, my then-girlfriend, and she was the one that really got me into Guns and Roses. Now... I can't believe I just discovered this, but you and Doug once did an acoustic version of Civil War. So I was wondering if you could talk about that a little bit.
1: Well, real quick, you got into Guns N' Roses then? Not not when Guns N' Roses first came out?
0: Well, I was a fan. She just made me an uber fan. She was the first person to sit me down and, and watch all of Welcome to the Videos uh, with me. So I was a fan, but she just you know, kicked it up a notch.
1: Gotcha. 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 Well, so I, I mean, I'm a fan. I mean, who I, yeah, I was a big fan of Guns N' Roses. I still am, you know? Um, And uh, I always loved that song and thought it was a great song. To be honest with you, I always thought Axl singing in that register in that lower register was the best. Like when he wasn't singing like, uh, you know, like, like that, like when he would just sing, like how he would do the verses of don't cry you know, I always liked that. Um, and that song in particular, I thought was sick. I thought, I thought that was just a killer song. So, I don't know. I was playing my guitar one day and kind of was, came up, I don't know, figured it out maybe or kind of figured out a version of it. I don't even know if I was playing it correctly. Um, and we just, Doug and I, we would always, we, we were always going to different radio stations back then and we were always told bring your acoustic guitar. They might want you to, you know, it's probably better if you do something acoustic and it, it was, it just came about, you know, it was either that, or we would do like, um, like, a, like, is it called? I think it's sap. That song sap from Alice and Chains. It's like a, it's like a, off of one of their acoustic albums, you know, just try to just, just do stuff like that. You know, we would do that an Alice and Chains song or we would do a Guns N' Roses song. Um, And I don't even know if we played the whole thing. I think we only played a part of it, too, the acoustic thing that we did. But, yeah, I mean, big fan, so we did it.
0: So as we reflect 15 years ago, 15 years of of the reason, I was wondering if you can reflect back on on something else in Hoobastank's history, and that is you opening up for Velvet Revolver. Now, at the time, uh, Doug did not have a—he was pretty vocal about not having a good experience with— a certain member of Velvet. Do you look back at, you know, what has happened since with Scott Weiland? Has your thoughts changed a little bit uh, when you look back on that tour with uh, with VR?
1: Not really. I mean, Scott Weiland wasn't very nice at all. He just wasn't. Um, And in fact, he was kind of a dick. Um, And uh, do I feel bad saying that? I mean, because maybe he was on drugs or he was, I don't know. I mean, I'm just being honest. He wasn't very accommodating and friendly. Um, Um, I'm sure he was a very 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 nice human being to a lot of people just he just we just didn't know him everybody else however in that camp was amazing slap like the, the the serious rock stars the dudes that are legends those guys treated us fantastic um they were awesome and I will never forget that you know I like I said I grew up in sixth grade, I got Appetite for Destruction on vinyl. I still have it, the original artwork. Um, <clears throat> and then I get to go tour with those guys. i waking up on the tour bus, you know, walking off in the morning, and Slash is getting off his bus, and there he is saying hi to me now. And, you know, we're in our dressing room um, writing for the next album after the reason we were, you know, on tour writing music, and Slash and Duff walk into the dressing room and, like, hey, oh, wow, you guys are jamming, like. That was sick. That was super cool. That experience on that tour was amazing. It was a tough, tough tour for us to do because we had people in the audience that despised us, that hated us. And they would turn their backs on us or they would throw shit at us or whatever it was. You know? It was challenging, but, um, but it was an amazing experience. Honestly, man, it was really fun.
0: With all that being said, I think why you and Hoobastank are in the position to celebrate such a milestone is is your honesty in the way you present yourself uh, as a person, musically, uh, the connection to the fans. So uh, just congratulations on 15 years since The Reason, and I, I really can't thank you enough for coming on.
1: You know, well, you're very welcome, and I appreciate you having me, but you know who else were complete, complete gentlemen uh amazing and amazing amazing people to us were the other dudes in stone couple pilots you know robert and dean DeLeo. i don't know them at all i have been in their presence before um and they both were just amazing like and so yeah it was a bit it it was a bit of a bummer to um you know to be treated the way we were treated by 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 scott or not treated or however however you want to look at it you know i mean um but like i said dude you know i got to i got to go into their wardrobe case when they weren't looking and try on Slash's top hats you know like i, I just, <laughs> and scott wyland too he used to wear those 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 captain's hats and i got photos of us just goofing off like posing stupid positions with those hats on you know we did some fun some goofy stuff from these rock stars that we grew up worshiping, you know, and now we're out on the road with them. So it was sick.
0: Two H's, Hoobastang and Honesty. Just congratulations again, 15 years since The Reason. The deluxe uh, vinyl edition is out now with all these bonus features. So everyone go check it out. Uh, Dan Estrin,
1: thank you for coming on the AFD show. Appreciate, uh, we uh, we all appreciate you guys uh, having us. Thank you.
0: Very cool. And just like, any GNR song or just music in general, it just brings back uh, a certain memory. So for me, I re- remember listening to to Hubstank on my Winamp player. Remember that? And I would have the uh, User Illusion skin. They would call the uh yeah yeah we would send, call it skin, right? It would just be the the program skin, the wallpaper of the of the music player. So it's just it's just crazy to think about that. It's 15 years since just the reason. Yeah, but I remember even before that, before Crawling in the Dark, uh, when Crawling in the Dark uh, came out. But uh, let's move on. Now it's time for News. To Brought to you by AlternativeNation.net. And speaking of which, we have on the line with us, uh, I believe for the second time on the show, the uh, the proprietor of, uh, I, I like using that word, AlternativeNation.net, uh, at Alt- nation. On, on Twitter. Uh, Brett Buchanan, what's going on, my friend?
2: You can also call me the clickbait monster. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: yeah, it's, oh, we're going to get into the, I guess, that uh, as well. But uh, I, I wanted to make sure I said my friend, because now I it's not just we're pen pals. We'll, we'll talk on the phone and uh, online, but we've actually met officially now. We met at, the, at Austin City Limits weekend, too.
2: Yeah, we met. Yeah, I don't know if you saw, but I put up the picture we took. Luckily, we did that. I had a feeling I might not see you again after that uh, that weekend. But, uh, yeah, that was cool getting to meet you. This, actually, The listeners won't know this, but I was in New York recently, and I was supposed to meet Brando, uh, where he works. And I don't live in New York. I've only been there one time, and I was doing the Staten Island Ferry tour, and then I was going to go meet Brando. And I got in a taxi, and the taxi took me, like, 25 minutes in the wrong direction and uh and anybody who lives in new york knows new york traffic so it wasn't going to be possible to meet brando that day unfortunately but conveniently we both ended up going to the acl festival weekend two it's a two weekend thing so it works out that we ended up going the same weekend because usually i go weekend one but luckily we were able to meet up on uh on it was saturday i believe and uh or no, it was Friday. Oh, Friday, Friday, yeah. Yeah, it was Friday. Yeah, it was before GNR, and uh, and yet, luckily, we were able to meet up where I was staying. We were able to walk up to the entrance together. So that it was, it was great getting to meet you.
0: Likewise, because I I often have to defend you, I guess, uh, and we I've spoken at length about it uh, on the show. You were a guest way back, uh, I guess, the early uh, earlier part of this podcast and online. Whenever I share one of your articles. Uh, just because since I've gotten to know you over the phone and speak, uh, and I get to know your personality and the method behind the madness, it's not just a salacious clickbait that you will see. You know, hey, check out Jennifer Aniston's, uh, you know, butt crack or, or something. It's there. You're you're not talking about serious things. First of all, you're not doing what's called clickbait uh, about you know medical information or you know, government practices. It's it's just about rock bands. So I, I just don't take all of it to heart, even because I will still laugh at some of your your headlines, the way you phrase it. But the way you phrase it is just because you know how to play the system. And you once explained to me that, you know, not technically, but in a way your bosses are, you know, Mark Zuckerberg from Facebook or, or Google, meaning you have to Figure out these algorithms. How do we make all AlternativeNation.net in this sea of information stand out? And I believe recently you got in one day one million clicks. Is that right?
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, you know, I, I don't like, you know, bragging about numbers or anything, but yeah, I mean, that was a great day. But yeah, if anybody, we, we don't want to bore Guns N' Roses fans the whole episode. If anybody wants to go back, they can listen to the interview I did. But, you know, but basically what I try and do, like, like say, for example, with Guns N' Roses is rather than people having to go to, like, every Guns N' Roses forum to see what's going on, I collect what's going on on those forums, because obviously people are interested in that. So there's fans on there. And I know people can have an issue with the headlines and stuff, but a lot of that is, like, that's just what people – will read is that headline, you know, but, but I hope people will judge the actual content of a lot of the articles rather than some of the headlines. It's like my reading habits are a bit different. You know, I'd rather just go to websites, read all the stories, don't really care about the headlines, but, uh, but yeah, everybody can just go listen to that episode. I would say if they want to hear some of my thoughts on that, but we'll just stick to talking on GNR. For yeah, this.
0: no, cause, cause I get it. And I'm certainly not going to tell anybody else how to run their business. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you've been uh supportive of me since the beginning uh, I believe the first article you, you uh, first interview I've done that you made an article about was the first Dave Kushner uh, one. and uh, which we will get to after our ACL review. You were the first one to make uh, uh, turn the Rick Dunsford story, Rick the Bandman's uh, Dunsford into an article. and and since then, I believe even Yahoo News has picked it up. Uh, but we'll get to that in just a moment. So so ACL, this was my my first time in Texas. The reason I decided, because my girlfriend loves traveling all different places, especially, uh, I mean, I just can't believe I keep talking about fucking Dave Matthews on this show, but uh, she's gone to Seattle for Dave Matthews, she's gone to those three-day things in Mexico for Dave Matthews, so I'm like, what's a festival that I would want to go to with her? And since Guns N' Roses was playing nowhere near the Northeast, and I haven't seen them in two years, I can't believe it's been two years. I'm like, let's let's make this happen. I want to see the cure. I think that would be really cool. Also, to experience uh, with the, with the kids, the the Billy Eilish as uh, as they call it. Uh, so you know, I went down there, and I don't want to go through it. You know, I woke up at this and that and take you through my plane shit. But I don't know how many of my listeners are to deviate a little bit are physically handicapped. Uh, so I have, if you aren't aware, I have a neurological disability, so I use leg braces. Uh, I walk with a cane. Uh, this was my, your first time kind of seeing me like that. Cause I kind of had to climb into your condo with the, uh, the, the, yeah, we actually,
2: we actually, uh, joked that, and, I, and I actually meant it. Seriously. There was a shortcut from my place to get to the entrance. And I was like, I was like, man, I'll just grab you on my back, me and my buddy and we'll get you down there. But yeah, no, but I mean, meeting Brando and seeing that I have even more respect for you, <laughs> you know, I've seen you know, how you get through life. I mean, everybody has their issues, but right. that's, that's definitely brave of you, you know, especially going to a festival. Um, you know, with that kind of thing going on.
0: It's tough. It's tough because, um, you know, I want to speak for the – because I know I do have a few uh, listeners who do, do have a physical handicap, cap, and they do have a ADA, uh, what was it, American Disabilities Act uh, procedure, and they have a little stage, I guess, kind of close to the soundboard where it's raised up where if you're using crutches or, meet, of course, me with a cane or obviously a wheelchair – that's where you're allowed to go in, and even those would get full. Uh So it's it's a challenge. Like I couldn't even go. I wanted to see Third Eye Blind, but they were way down. You know, from the opposite stage for uh, that Mum- was
2: literally the only act I wanted to see on Sunday. I didn't end up going Sunday, but when I looked at the lineup, that was the only one that uh, interested me.
0: Okay, so I mean, I'm glad I got to see Mumford and Sons the the last day. Mm-hmm. I, it was. Uh, I mean, I kind of like them, but I was really pleasantly surprised about...
2: Well, no, what, what you really got to see was
0: Lars Ulrich. I know. That, that, that was crazy. They, they, if you haven't, by now by the time you're listening to this podcast, Lars from Metallica came out and played with Mumford & Sons. Uh, that's, that, that was kind of something special. But to, to the GNR thing, because I, I usually love... Uh, when I was more physically able to, getting to the front and, and maybe holding on to the railing. I did that with Velvet Revolver. Uh, way back when but you know my seats were good for handicapped people but weren't great Uh, so you did get you kind of went up close and you got some better pictures and experiences uh, maybe than I did being up close so just tell us what you 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 thought of of, of GNR at ACL
2: well yeah also any recommendation anybody who ever goes to ACL it's my third year going there Uh, on the main stage if you walk in through the side on I guess uh, the right, if you're walking there, but it would be stage left. Um, if you walk in through the side, you can get pretty close to the front. And uh, and that's why I, I literally showed up maybe uh, t- to that stage a few minutes before GNR went on. And I got pretty close, uh, much closer than the Dodger Stadium show I went to a few years ago. But, uh, but it was great, especially being on Slash's side. Um, And, uh, yeah, Axel was great. Um, I thought they were just as good or better than uh, Dodger Stadium uh, a few years ago. Also, I think Axel's voice got better as the show uh, got going. Sure. You know, the the first few songs, maybe it wasn't as strong, but by the end it was great. Um, Yeah, so that would be my review of his performance. But, uh, but yeah, one of the highlights for me was, because I haven't seen GNR since uh, Dodger Stadium. And back then the rumor was that Slither – was on the alternate set list. right? And then obviously they started playing it a year or so ago, and uh, so it was great to see that. Was, I I never saw a flash with Miles Kennedy or anything like that, and uh, so it's the first time I saw Slither live since the last time I saw Velvet Revolver in 2007, and, uh, and it's the first time I've seen the song perform live since Scott Weiland died. So it, it was pretty cool to hear Axel Rose sing. I guarantee you, Scott would have gotten a huge kick out of Axel singing Slither, but despite their petty media feud, I actually talked about it with Scott right before he died in the interview. You would tell he had a lot of respect for Axel, uh, and even talked about in interviews, even before Velvet Revolver existed, that he was a huge fan of Appetite for Destruction and GNR. Uh, so, yeah, it was a great moment, even though obviously Axel's voice is different than Scott's, uh, you know, Scott being such a deep baritone. Um, it, it's kind of the same as when Scott would perform uh, GNR songs you know, obviously, Axels' voices and Scots and is and Axels, but it's cool to see them doing each other. You know, um, absolutely. Yeah, so so it was really great getting to see Slither. I was I was singing along to every word. Um, otherwise, um, I, I think "Live and Let Die" was another highlight. Um, I can tell the energy in the crowd really picked up for that. Uh, I love November Rain. It's one of my favorite uh, GNR songs. It's funny, my dad's not the biggest GNR fan. And um, I think I was joking about how it was raining, but it actually rained, I think, uh, that morning. And I was calling it October Rain. And my dad was like, I hate November rain. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> <laughs>
1: you
2: know? But, uh, but yeah, no, it was, it was a great performance. And also my friend Brad, who you met, who lives in Austin, he'd never seen GNR, and he's more of like a casual rock fan. Okay. And he was highly impressed. I mean I mean near the end he was like, Man, they blew me away. I mean they're incredible. Outside if he made one joke during the show. He was like he pointed Axel Rose and he was like, Is that the guy from Poison? <laughs> 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 but um, but yeah, he was really impressed. And this is a guy who like not that he hated Metallica and Paul McCartney last year, but he was willing to leave both of those pretty early. Wow. You know. And uh, but for GNR, he was he was into it, so that's that's high praise from a casual fan. And I, I know that there's a lot of fans who bitch about the set list uh, online, and I actually think that's a better complaint for the uh, you know like the arena shows they do, but for festivals, I think this is the right type of set list for GNR to play. You know, I feel like it was really a, a crowd pleasing set list. They, they should change it up more at arenas, but it's like, man, they they played like what, like two and a half hours at a festival. It's like I, I just saw the Strokes at the Ohana Festival last month, Eddie Vedder's thing. They mm-hmm. played one hour, you know. So so people should be thankful that they're getting to see GNR for two and a half hours at a festival. But uh, but yeah, overall, I really enjoyed it.
0: I, I absolutely agree because uh, I'm glad that you brought that up. Because if you followed on social media, I, I was doing my best to kind of bring the listeners along with me. And I really appreciate everyone who commented and was, you know kind of happy for me being in, in Austin and, and experiencing uh, even me shooting Facebook live, which I did not realize how sensitive my mic was, which picked up me singing, which was highly <laughs> Wait. embarrassing. <laughs> I, I had I had no idea but when I was shooting it for those of you who have shot Facebook Live before you know how obviously people can comment while it's happening or use emojis while it's happening so uh, during uh, during one of the songs I could see I saw a bunch of laugh emojis and I think yeah it was during uh Double Talk and Jive and I'm sure like a lot of other GNR fans you kind of quote what Axel does uh, normally, I guess during a live performance, and maybe not what's on the the recorded track, i.e., his home fuck thing that he says. So I was having fun with that, and I thought like, okay, I they heard me say that. But listening back to the videos, wow, there's a lot of me singing along, and I'm glad. <laughs> I'm I
2: have gl- to watch that now. I'm gonna go find that. It's
0: one uh, oh, it's it's awful. I'm I'm glad that people laughed at it because uh, I I am not one to. Want to sing in public because I I I can't I don't you know I've done karaoke but I don't enjoy it because I don't enjoy the the sound of my own voice or at least singing. I guarantee singing you, some of the
2: haters some of the haters will say oh he sounds better than Mickey.
0: <laughs> I guess so but uh, uh, it was fun just like a great experience and also watching my my girlfriend's face who this was her first GNR show and she's obviously a huge Dave Matthews fan. Likes more of the indie stuff, but she was excited to see them. And she's like, is that Axel? That's not Axel. Because her version of Axel was, you know, the guy from the 80s, and he doesn't look like the guy from the 80s. She, he's like, she's like, what happened to his hair? <laughs> I'm like, he just cut it off. And then she's like, well, what about that guy? Who, who, who's that guy with, with the blonde hair? I'm like, that's Duff. She, he's like, I'm, 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 I'm sorry, babe, but he is really hot. Like really hot, like well, you should see his wife. <laughs> so, th- yeah. so things like that. I'm obviously singing along to every song, and and it's interesting. And I and I put these questions out on on Facebook, or at least my thoughts on it. And I appreciate everyone's comment commentary on it. That I enjoyed uh, this more, I think, than others because I don't know. I felt like I stood out. Where if I'm in a, a sea of Guns N' Roses fans, like a, a typical stadium show. Everyone there knows everything, you know, uh, all the lyrics, all the songs, the information. Here, I felt like I was answering questions. They're like, okay, so other than Slash, who was in the original band? There were people who didn't even know about Duff. Like, oh, what's that guy's name? Well, that's Richard Fortas. Oh, they have a girl in the band now? And obviously, you know, Melissa's been in the band for a few years now. So that part of it was fun for me. And, and seeing people ask with excitement, it, it wasn't... You know, oh, this isn't Guns N' Roses or what is this? They were just—they were excited to get the information fed uh, to them, and and I think maybe you can even hear some of my conversations during the Facebook Live when people are asking me. But uh, but yes, yeah, Slither—I uh, don't think I saw that two years ago. I don't. I, I, I So that was that was a highlight for me. In addition to Shadow of Your Love, oh man, yeah, I'll, that
2: was that was great. He that nailed was, it. I, that's it. That's a difficult song to sing. I mean, it's basically nonstop vocals, and it's a short song. But he, I, I thought that was one of the best vocal performances of the night. And you can tell it impressed fans. And I guarantee you 95% or more of the fans have never heard that song at the show. But there was a nice applause for that. I, I thought it really fit in well.
0: I know. It was just a, a great song that really fits in with the appetite feel. And, and everyone dug. uh Axel seemed to be in a really good mood. You know, he, he joked about how uh, winter is officially here. Oh, wait, no, it's fall. Um, because Texas, of course, the first time that I go there, it's it's 50 degrees. It's it's cold. And I'm glad that I brought uh, at least one hoodie. Uh, I, I, brought, I brought nothing but Guns N' Roses shirts and my GNR uh, Lies hoodie. Uh, so I was very prepared. Um, I even had my Guns N' Roses hat. But for the most part, I wore my Houston Oilers hat, which I got tons of compliments on. I don't know. I, I kind of... And there's always a method to my madness as well as far as like what I wear and things like that. Uh, but no, it it was it really was great. And then afterwards, when it ended, I, I heard a security guard go like, "Wow, that was a lot of Guns N' Roses." I'm like, "Well, if you want to go to the actual one of their shows, they play for a half an hour to an hour more." And and people couldn't believe how I pretty much knew the set list. What's coming up next? What's coming up? Well, if this is if they're staying true to form, this is what's happening. This is what's going on because I, I I thought they were going to do three. Encore songs, which they usually do three or four, but it was only the two "Patience" and "In Paradise City." But no, it was, it was great. Austin, uh, Texas is a beautiful city. I, I had a lot of barbecue. I uh, didn't get a chance to go see the bats. There apparently there are bats that fly out of a cave uh, every night at nine o'clock. Like it's just like the bat, the bat cave. But I, I spent all weekend at ACL, just like you. You went back, but uh, the Cure was awesome uh Robert Smith uh he sounds exactly the same you know as he does did in the 80s exactly the same but it was fun to experience people like Billie Eilish to be honest with you i if she's has this rock star persona even though it's kind of popular music i am I'm, I'm i'm with that you know i'm i'm with that whatever gets the kids to to dye their hair you know uh, and, and be a little bit more punk rocky i'm i'm cool with it uh, and then, as you mentioned, I just kind of wrapped the weekend with uh, with Mumford & Sons, which was which is cool. But after Friday, after seeing Guns N' Roses, I, I, to be honest with you, I joked half joked with my girlfriend. I'm like, can we go home? <laughs> we bought the three-day pass, but I'm like, it's not going to get better than Guns N' Roses, which it didn't. But it was just a, a wonderful experience. And wherever I wore my Guns N' Roses shirts out in public, I would just strike up conversations with strangers and talk to them about it. And, you know, of course, slip in there that I have my GNR podcast, and hopefully, I gain some some listeners. And and to those who do listen to this to this podcast, and we're also there because I saw you commenting. Sorry, I didn't get a chance to meet you, but it's it's hard at a festival, like you said, Brett, at the beginning. And I was thinking it. I'm glad you 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 said it though uh, that we should got to get a picture now because we may not have another opportunity to do so. So it was. You're 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 taller than I thought. But otherwise, uh, I, I will tell people, Brett showed me his his infamous laptop, and he is, man, he's a hard-working man. He, he really is. There's a lot. Two that go, laptops. Two, yeah, two right. Two laptops now. Right, two laptops. There's just, uh, you showed me your Microsoft Word and you got how you gather information, and there's a lot to it. It's not just, you know, let's just think of this creative uh, clickbait to piss off people. There's a lot that goes into what you do. So, uh, overall... It was just a wonderful experience, and I, I can't wait to, a, just see Guns N' Roses again. Uh, but to go to a, a festival uh, like that, I don't know. I, I personally, I may do. I mean, this is another story uh, in itself. But I may do a wheelchair again. I mean, it, it, instead of me just doing my cane thing, because it's just a lot of walking and just. So I when I saw a guns, of, a lot
2: of fast walking teen girls to go by, especially on Saturday. Yeah, I know for
0: <laughs> and, and, and for Lizzo, I, I didn't get to see Lizzo. I mean, I really didn't care about seeing Lizzo. Uh, but no, it's just a lot. So when I went to go see GNR, I sat in the ADA seating. You know, like a few hours before, at least to get to the front of the eight of the handicap seating. You know, so nobody's. Did in you my,
2: see? Did you see? Rankin tours.
0: Oh, the Rock on Tours. Yeah, yeah. Rock
2: on Tours, I'm probably
0: saying it wrong. I'm probably saying oh. it wrong. Who cares? Jack White's uh, band. I mean, I, that's not a slight to the other great musicians. Maybe a, uh, it was not meant to be a slight. Uh, but no, Jack White was really uh, cool to see as well. He's got some uh, some big mutton shops going on right now.
2: Oh, yeah, he was great. He's, he's probably, uh, it's funny, my friend was asking me, who do you think better, Slash or Jack White? And, and actually, and I, and I was like, "Well, Slash definitely is the more unique and innovative player, you know." But I don't know. I mean, maybe if you went on a technical level, maybe it'd be Jack White. But it was great getting to see both of them. But then also Friday, uh, in between that, who I saw for a few minutes. I think I saw some crappy rapper for a few minutes too, just for a lap. That oh, I, I can't remember his name his, now. What uh,
0: his I don't name? Or whatever the hell it was. Uh, it was like Denzel something, right?
2: No, no, not that. So I don't even remember. There was a Denzel,
0: and I'm not. I'm not.
2: No, it wasn't. Yeah, no, it wasn't that. But after that, I saw Tom York from Radiohead. Oh, okay. I've never seen Radiohead. I love Radiohead's '90 stuff. Not so much a lot of the recent stuff. Even though I liked it in Rainbows, but I've never really been a big fan of Tom York's solo stuff. It all just kind of sounds like noise to me. You know, like a computer crashing. And, um, but I was curious to see Tom's I've never seen him. And I used to always get in a debate with this hipster kid back in high school. He he was in love with Tom York and he hated anybody like rock, like Scott Weiland or Axl Rose, (laughs) you know, it was was all about Tom York. And so I'm like, you know, I'm going to go see Tom York. And literally like the five minutes I was watching him, it was like, (laughs) like my friend and I, after we left, we were like, I don't think he's saying one word. And then he took out a guitar at one point, but I didn't hear anything. You know, it wasn't like Jack White or Slash. Mm. You know, so, so, yeah, it was interesting scene. Tom York. And then, um, yeah, Saturday, uh, you mentioned Billie Eilish. I-, I was definitely interested in seeing her, even though that's like not my exact style of music. But for Bad Guy, like, I think that's a good song. And uh, my sister is a big fan So uh, I was interested in seeing her, but it was like the freaking Beatles. Like, that's how packed it was there. Like, I've been there. I've been at that festival for three years straight, and that's the largest crowd I've seen for uh, a non-headliner, especially at a non-headlining stage. And it was so packed and so crowded. And and also, I think she might have had a sound issue where it was a little too quiet, but I couldn't even hear her that well. Like, I heard people talking around me almost louder than I heard her performing. Uh, That's why I only watched part of her set. But I, I was impressed, though, by what I saw, and especially how she was connecting to a big audience. I mean, there was a lot of teen girls, but at one point, I felt like a 50-year-old guy who looked like a tough guy. <laughs> I looked closer. I took a picture of it. I put it up, and uh, and he had on a Billy Eilish shirt. So there's definitely – and then obviously, like, Dave Grohl and, and all these guys are big fans of hers, too. But, uh, yeah, I was impressed by what I saw. I just wish the sound was a bit uh, louder. And then also I saw a bit of Gary Clark Jr.
0: Okay. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm sorry I missed paradise. him.
2: Yeah no he was great my my friend Brad's a big fan and uh yeah that that, that was a great performance and then uh Childish Gambino um so, so I watched the beginning of The Cure set I, I've already seen them live okay um when I saw them it was 2008 and it was The Cure uh who else was it? It was The Cure, of The Killers, Scott Weiland. That's the first time I met Scott Weiland. Okay. And Kanye West was a surprise performer. This is a, an old K Rock show in 2008. But I didn't think The Cure were that great at that 2008 show. Uh, but the the beginning of their set that I saw, I, I was pretty impressed by. I thought Robert Smith sounded better than he did 10 or 11 years ago. Um, I could see pictures of you and, and a few of the earlier songs. But then I, I did go out to see Childish Gambino's. I've never seen him. And, and I used to watch Donald Glover on the NBC show Community. Sure. So, yes, yeah, so I was interested in, in seeing live. And I like to see the songs, you know, like "This America and, and a few others.
0: Redbone. And yeah, I was
2: really, yeah, and I was really impressed by him. Um, it's not just a hip-hop thing. There's kind of like a, a Prince uh, Michael Jackson type of vibe a bit too. And there was a lot of instrumentation, you know, like guitar bass drum he's
0: really talented. He is. And I think that yeah. might have been his last performances performance as Childish Campino because he's yeah. just one of these, you know, celebrities that likes to do which I respect different things. So I think he's retiring that uh that act. Um, I don't
2: buy that.
0: Yeah, neither <laughs> no, do I. I mean, it's there's too much money to be had. And I remember, though, even before Community, his TV show, my my one of my brothers would show me his. Uh, it was like a web comedy series. Uh, it was called like Derek Comedy. So, yeah,
2: Derek Comedy. They did a movie too. Uh, okay.
0: So that was great. I I got to see uh, Kelly Pickler. So I got to experience my first country show as well. Which, uh, but so you know what? Going off what you just said, and we'll we'll get to the Rick stuff too. In, in a moment so watching the the Billie eilish crowd the lizzo crowd was even bigger which was crazy because i think they made they put the uh the video up of her on another stage in addition to the one that she was performing on so it was like it was out of control but it was on the other side i was waiting for uh mumford i wasn't getting trampled by the uh, the lizzo crowd but i'm watching you know the, the, those kind of fans i'm watching the Billie eilish fans uh, I forget the name of the rapper. It was Denzel something, and, you know. Uh, he, I, it's not, not my it's not my genre of music, but I can respect what he was doing. But just watching the crowd, and because you know, as rock fans, we're like, okay, who is the next? And I wanted to. I compare that to my, you know, internally to myself to the Guns N' Roses fans. And what made me really happy was that I saw plenty of young Guns N' Roses fans, like kids. And Not just with the the GNR shirts their parents uh, put on them, but they're they're rocking out. What's your favorite song? Welcome to the Jungle. I heard somebody ask. So that was that was great. That there is a parallel somewhat between Guns N' Roses fans and the Billy Eilish and some of the younger acts that they're that GNR can still rela- relate to a younger audience and not just uh, uh, the old folkies like well me or older.
2: I'm getting up there.
0: How, how old are <laughs> you now? Twenty-seven. Jesus Christ! I'm sure there are people laughing at me because I'm only thirty-six. But no, it was it was really nice. I was just watching the crowd because I wanted to see. This is a festival crowd. Are they really going to appreciate Guns N' Roses like well the AFD show listeners do and the diehards uh, do? But people were really blown away. My my girlfriend said like, "Wow!" I was really really impressed. You know how like how does he how does he do that? How does he sing for that long with no breaks? That that's what's impressive. Like he's running around, and another thing, I,
2: picks his spots. He picks his spots if you pay attention. The wardrobe changes and the solos. That was something stuff. else too. She was like,
0: when he when he came out with the white leather jacket and the white uh, cowboy hat, and she's like, what is he doing? I'm like, he, <laughs> he used to wear, you know, a catcher's protector from baseball and athlete's chaps and. You know, this is this is Axel. He's eccentric. It, it is what it is. It, it, but so, I mean, it was fun. And uh, one last thing, I really took notice, and it was really, it's just great to see at this point in time, of course, in Guns N' Roses history, when he's introducing the band, and he introduces Slash left uh, last, and he's like, and and on guitar, rah! and on guitar, rah! all right. I'm really gonna milk this, and on guitar, rah! slash and, and everyone just knows slash and uh oh i'll I'll end it here when we took the uh we were taking r- ride shares everywhere didn't rent a car so on the lift home well very interesting people every lift driver was uh, a person amongst uh onto himself or herself one person actually almost drove away with me not even fully in the car yet <laughs> so that would have been fucking. so i almost died i guess Uh, but we got into a car with this. Most of them were young, but it was this old guy. Uh, country music was blasting in his SUV, and he's like, "You guys have fun tonight, all right." I thought he was just going to be an asshole, and uh, he's like, "You know, uh, I I heard Guns N' Roses played tonight. You know, it is." I I I I lost respect for Axel, but then I gained it back. I lost respect for Axel when he decided to continue to band just by himself and you know this I am I do I don't know if I'm doing a good uh, southern accent just by himself you uh, forgot y'all y'all by himself y'all uh, and but when you think of Guns N' Roses as Axl and Slash but I gained a lot of respect for him when Brian Johnson went down and he filled in for ACDC and he did such a great job uh so, so it was just – and we started talking the whole way home about ACDC. And I'm like, I, they should be working on a new album, this and that. And he's like, I haven't talked about ACDC since my – in three years since my daughter left home. You're making me have to go online when I get home and look up some ACDC. And it was just, it was just really cool just talking again to all these different characters about the band that uh, that we love. And it was just an overall successful, uh, successful trip.
2: You should give that guy Jim Brewer's uh, phone number. I'm sure they'd have some interesting <laughs> conversations.
0: that. <laughs> right on, and uh, of of course, you know, along as you know, I'm on vacation. I'm I'm still checking social media, and the story that you broke, um, I don't. I guess you officially broke as a publication because it was on the GNR forums, and uh, that's with our the friend. I'll call him friend of the show. I I I. Don't want to uh, sugarcoat it. I mean, he's been a really nice guy to me online and on the phone. Uh, that's Rick Dunsford, just a a fan from what is he from Mississippi? I I, I think he thinks from Mississippi. I forgive me, I forget. Uh, but he was one of the. I have a hidden. Uh, I have some hidden episodes now. Hidden tracks. So if you remember the Leakers' Revenge episode, he was.
2: I remember I couldn't find that when I was looking for it when I did the story. Okay. I was trying to find it, and I, and I was like, "Interesting."
0: Oh, so if you <laughs> if you can never find if you can't find an episode of mine, just ask me, and I'll send it to you privately. Some of them, right. I, I just don't want to. I don't know. It's it, a lot of drama that comes with it, and I guess it's part of this yeah. conversation we're gonna have. Uh, he was yeah. one of of a few investors, for lack of a better term. That bought the 2001 House of Blues show where Axel came back with this all new band, and at the time I'm like, I can't believe he spent thousands of dollars on this. You know, and you're lucky that you're you're still married, but he was a nice guy, and you know, uh, even though I may not have his, have his line of thinking, like I'm a, obviously I'm obsessed with GNR if I have a podcast, but I'm not going to spend thousands of dollars on unreleased music or uh, unreleased footage. Uh, but he was one of several that has been part of this uh, recent leak gate with all these uh, Chinese leftovers that have come out. Uh, a lot of instrumentals. Uh, something that we... I think it's real. One of the set lists that we saw on the alt set list was a song called Hard School. We'll see if that's just Guns N' Roses trolling uh, the trolls or if that's real. But Rick since then uh, he flew to a show or in Wichita, Kansas and if you haven't read about it again, you just you go online. You can just bump into the story. But you know, as you are usually Brett, you were on top of it first. But but um, Rick was banned by the band. He's pulled at a line after the whole. You know, he got in. He paid for his tickets, flight, and everything. He's pulled out and said he will be arrested if he goes to any Guns N' Roses show ever again. And you know, my first. You can tell me your thoughts, but you know, it, it's. Because I've spoken about this um, over the course of the podcast, I think it's one thing if he was the guy that so- sold the material that wasn't his, uh, if he stole it. But if he's just a fan, one of many that bought it, why is he getting such a severe punishment? I just think, you know, and I, I, I don't want to walk on eggshells because I don't know Guns N' Roses management. Uh, I, I. I just, I want to be nice. I want to be diplomatic. I want to be the, the Sweden of the these conversations because I would love to, you know, I'm, I still knock on wood. I, I am so lucky that I got Richard Fortas on the show or, and Dizzy Reed for a minute and a half. But I would like to interview these people as my career goes on. So I don't want to burn any bridges. But I mean, as a, I, I would like to say as, as in, in a friendly way, I just think that it was messed up to ban someone from a show that is not a danger to anybody else. He was not a physical danger to other fans, not to the band, not to himself. When there are fans out there like that that aren't getting the that aren't getting that punishment, why did Rick deserve that punishment? So I just didn't think it was it was fair like at all. He didn't deserve it. I mean, if you want to be angry at him, if you if you're going to ban him, ban the whole lot. Ban the whole lot of people. It's just it just didn't really seem like why him because it, maybe he was the most vocal, but he has shown me uh, some. I'm not gonna really uh, reveal the, the contents or the uh, of it all, but he has shown me some conversations about uh, between him and Fernando, the Guns N' Roses manager. And this is all kind of public knowledge now because Rick has uh, at least done one radio interview, which I'm very glad that he did. Uh, that he was kind of helping GNR. You know, once they found out all about it, he was kind of assisting them in the investigation. And, you know, there was a document signed that Rick wasn't going to leak any material. And and unless he's a master manipulator and a liar, you know, I I tend to believe him that he wasn't because he wasn't the only one that bought the stuff, that he wasn't the one that leaked it. So why, again, is he being punished? Only because he's the only one in grasp that you can say, you know, I can't get all these other people. I can get you. So fuck you. I don't think that's right. Not after someone who's seen over 30 Guns N' Roses show, shows, uh, he just named his newborn son Axel. Um, again, he's not a danger to anyone. Where there, there are, it's a fact that there are fans out there that are that could potentially be a danger to the band that's when you should get banned. Uh, so uh, I'm just really disappointed. You know, I still love this band. All these crazy stories make up why, I guess, the love-hate relationship goes with this band. Uh, but it, it separates them from everybody else because who else would this happen to but Guns N' Roses? Um, so that's, that's kind of my, my thoughts on it. I, I wish it didn't happen. Uh, Rick seems to be handling it pretty well he as i just saw gnr essential is reporting on his uh trolling job because he rick is pretending to at least pretending to go to these shows he's he's like oh i'm going to be uh, i'll see you at acl and i'm like are you really going to go down there it's like no man i'm just i want management to waste their time I'm like Okay. Okay. That's he's be- kind of he's kind of
2: he's kind of like Enzo Amore from WWE. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's
0: gonna
2: show up. He actually did it once, but not others.
0: <laughs> oh man, what was his uh his major ca- catchphrase was uh
2: oh uh, yo yo how you doing realist guy in the room? Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's been a while since i started it.
0: Sure, sure. Anybody
2: watched the Ruby knows Bottle Bull, Realist guys in a room. How you doing? But yeah, with this Rick thing, I've read a lot about it, but even if you've read a lot about it, you still don't really know everything. So what I'm saying is just based on what I've read. And I mean, it, it literally seems like you could write a no- novel about all this yeah. online Guns N' Roses insanity and the police. It's like, that's like, man, if Axel would just put that album out sooner. You know? I know. and and, <laughs> and it, stuff, you know. But uh, right. not that he deserves to have it leaked and stuff. But uh, but yeah, I don't know. My, my take is is that uh, it would make more sense if they actually did like an investigation and like, and if this guy was prosecuted, then it, it would it would at least make sense. Okay, they investigated this guy, or he's under right. investigation. It would make more sense. Like, like if I don't know if they banned the guy from anti-quiet, uh, Kevin Kogel. But you could at least understand the logic there, even if you do think it's a bit ridiculous. But he did get like, I mean, didn't didn't Kevin get prosecuted for for that? He wrote this story about it, I think, a few years ago. But with that, you could at least understand the logic, you know, even if it's kind of crazy. But. Um, but in this case, with Rick, um, here's one thing that I don't understand why Rick went. Now, have you followed that thing on Reddit where that, there's that account that's supposed to be Fernando, and then the, my GNR guy said Fernando didn't deny it? Now, if that account is real, which it looks like it could be, there was, wasn't there a post by Fernando saying that like, Rick had something like a surprise coming? Like, did you read the same post that I did?
0: I, I did, and right—that's. This was th-
2: before that show. That's why I'm surprised that Rick—not—not um, not that I'm thinking it should have happened to him. I think it's really screwed up, and I can't believe that Rick got on a plane and went to a, a GNR show with VIP. If he read that post by the manager of the band, <laughs> if I read that by band, I'd be like, man, I ain't going there as much as I love the band.
0: I know, no, <laughs> but, but yeah. Rick is a—he's—he's a, he's an interesting breed. He's, he's kind of false. Ref- He's, he's got a, balls. I'll give him that. He, you know? He's a free spirit. He's, he's a nice guy. Cause I, I, that's what, what bothers me because you're right. There is a lot to this story, and if you only get part of it, uh, right. I, I think that really changes the narrative. So you really have to get the full scope of the people, the other people involved, uh, Rick's uh, timeline throughout it all. And, again, he he's just a, unless he's this crazy liar, uh, just a, a fan who bought music – Uh, Because a lot of now what we're talking about now is some public information that you can read on my GNR forum uh, and some threads because there was a leaked uh, conversation that Rick had uh, when he was talking about this whole ordeal. And it sounded very, if not exactly the same as the private conversations him and I would have. So it wasn't like I heard two different versions of Rick's story. So he seems to be very consistent uh, from what I can see and what I've been told. Um, But again, it's it's the people who are getting mad that he's just been so public about it and if he just kept quiet that maybe we could have gotten more leaks or gotten he could have gotten away with it. He, he explained to me once he needed to be public about it in in order to make the deal happen to begin with. Uh, I mean you could always you can say you know I would have handled it differently, but I don't think the punishment fits the crime. you know I'm just bringing up an article right now. Uh, this is from a, a, a long time ago, uh, I think 2011, how a Madonna fan was charged in leaking a demo of her, her single. So I can see how if you are the leaker of these things or if you are the obtainer, uh, as a, like if you're the engineer who gets the, these songs when it's recorded, I get it. But I think it, there's really a difference when you just buy it and it, you're not just the sole buyer. I think there's a lot of semantics there, and I think there needs to be an an investigation there. And I don't think... It's not going to hurt Guns N' Roses' bottom line, regardless. But after you put out the article first, you know, of course, GNR Central, then you see Kerrang! Then you see Loudwire! And then Yahoo News! It's everywhere. It can't be good for their their PR, their public relations, but at the end of the day, it's not hurting their bottom line. So... You know, if they're happy with their decision, but I, I, I will say this: there was part of me that was nervous. This—that's what's not good. Part of me was nervous. Am I going to get an email uh, that I'm going to that I'm banned from the show because I talk about this stuff on a podcast?
2: So, no, I don't think so. Because, um,
0: but I'm being I, serious. I was nervous.
2: No, no, Oh, wow. You know, I, I ha- I've had an issue with uh, Billy Corgan from the Smashing Pumpkins. If people want to read about that, can go to alternative niche. I won't get too I- into it, but I did an interview with Darcy last year when she wasn't part of the reunion, and she trashed Billy, and she gave me his text messages. It was all about the negotiations. But I think from that moment, Billy started hating me. Uh, prior, it seemed like he kind of liked this site. He even posted a couple articles on uh, the Smashing Pumpkins website. But, but anyway, so... Um, I ended up going to a couple pumpkin shows after I did that interview and I was not banned. So, so even though Billy strongly just like me, even though Billy called me up by name recently, um, and now I just don't want to go to shows anymore after what he said. Not that my, my feelings are hurt or whatever, but it's just kind of like, eh, yeah. I'll wait till Darcy comes back and he has to say sorry. But, uh, but, but even with Billy, I don't think he banned me and he doesn't like me. So I, I think it'd have to be pretty far for uh, an artist to go through the effort. Uh, or even a manager of having to ban someone. I, so I, I, I don't know Rick Rick must have pissed them off that's <laughs> what I
0: mean I think that's yeah. it's, it's just another level it's not just being kicked out of a show it's it's being banned for life for oh. for what for for buying music and I you know I know people use the excuses of like well if Guns N' Roses released more music fans wouldn't have to resort to this yes mm-hmm. and no it, it, it's it's there it's the the band doesn't have to do this. It's it's their, they don't have to. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, we want to. Uh, and and f- fan is short for fanatic for a reason. Uh, but I just don't think the punishment fits the crime. And I, I at the end of the day, I, I I hope I'm not speaking on behalf of Rick. I'm just speaking on behalf of myself right now. That there is a better resolution that comes out of this. That uh, yeah. that, that that GNR management and and Rick can kind of patch this up because Rick is a diehard fan. And who loves his band. find out what
2: really happened. You know, I mean, I've seen a ton of stuff on the internet. You know, just find out what really happened and where
0: it came from, you know. Right. Uh, So, it's it's just a crazy situation that can only happen in the world of Guns N' Roses. So, in addition to just, you know, talking about... uh, the, uh, the three-fifths reunion and the successful tour. We get all these crazy side stories that keep things uh, interesting for sure. So, Well,
2: what uh, I don't get is why, why Rick is now his only option to go to shows. Why didn't he come out to ACL? Because Rick isn't banned from festivals. If he still wants to see GNR, the, any going go a festival.
0: I think he answered that. Uh, he, it's any place that the band is performing. Really? Yeah. Yeah, but how, how?
2: But how? How could? How could they keep track of that when it's not their show? That'd right. be more. That'd be more so if like Fernando or one of them was walking around in the crowd and saw him.
0: That's what I mean. So it's, if if that happened uh, and they pointed him out, then he gets arrested. And you know, Rick okay. is a, a family and including yeah. a newborn son named Axel. So I don't
2: see how that could work. He should look into that when it comes to a festival. I, I it, you'd have to see how the contracts work with a band or an artist playing the festivals. I would think of festivals under the control of the, uh, I, I don't see how they could have him, re- maybe they could, I don't know. Uh, I mean, we can do that, I guess before he does it. I know
0: that's up to him, but it's just, um, see, I think that also, just like, the end result, the punishment does not fit the crime for him. It may yeah, for so others means-
2: involved. Oh, yes. Yeah, so that means he can't go. Like if he wanted to go to ACL, even to see somebody else that day, that would mean that he couldn't go to ACL. And if he just wanted to see Rankin Tours or something, you know, or somebody unrelated, that's kind of weird. Oh, I
0: mean, you, I think you've de- dealt more with uh, more legalese than I have. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. So there's always uh, the fine print of what you can and can't do uh, right. with it, with anything that they can catch him on. But yeah. it would just be fucked up, you know, if he yeah. happens to go to another show and he gets arrested. And then, you know, what happens to his, his family? I mean, as, I'm not going right. to say he's going to get locked up for, for years, but that's not something that... You know, a family should go through, even if it's just sitting in a cell for a night. It's just, if you, you should only be banned if you're a fucking danger, if you're a dangerous person. Otherwise, other. this is just well, a punishment. The arrest,
2: the, arrest is, the arrest thing to me is over the top. Even kicking him out, you can understand that, but to have somebody arrested, I mean, at least to say, to say hey, you're, you're banned from shows if you show up, we're going to kick you out, but man, to have somebody arrested, you know, that's,
0: that's a uh, next level. Serious. So obviously they, they, uh, GNR management is very upset. Uh, maybe not just. Maybe it's just again. Rick is just the uh, the face of it all, and they're whole, they're angry about the whole situation. And you know, where are you going to punch? You know, it's I am going to punch what I can see, and it, it is what it is. So you know, I I only hear you know Rick's side of it. I've heard some other people talk about you know who may have been involved or not involved in it. Uh, so I don't want to. Completely ignore what GNR management is going through and has had to go through, but from what I see, the optics aren't good. The optics aren't good, so it's I don't know. Give peace a chance. Can't we all just get, can't we all just get along? So it's just fucking crazy. So we'll see if I do a uh, another leakers revenge episode because as I alluded to earlier, there is a part of me that is uh, nervous and scared. I don't like if this is the kind of hammer. Like guns N, Roses bring, B- B- guns N' Roses brings down, I don't want to be banned from a show. I don't want to be prevented from ever interviewing a Guns N' Roses member because it's hard enough as it is. If
2: they kicked you out of the show, Brando, if that was caught on video, especially with what you my deal disability. with, <laughs> yeah, uh, that, I think you would be A-OK. I think that they would get a much bigger shitstorm than they've gotten with Rick.
0: <laughs> if, I would handle gonna, it a lot differently than Rick, too. I mean, I would be yeah. really fuming. Fucking, like, yeah. fuming.
2: Been, yeah, but I mean, if you want to talk optics, if that happened to you, that, that,
0: would, <laughs> that, that, that would be bad. bad. <laughs> I probably would act even more handicapped. I probably would yeah. just start yeah, like, crawling like on the ground.
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah we we'll
0: put on a helmet instead.
2: Yeah.
0: That's uh, yeah. <laughs> just, just crazy, but, you know, it's, it's uh, what gives me fodder to talk about on the Guns of Roses podcast, but uh, if... Maybe one day, as as we've had some creative inter, um episodes, like the last episode with was with Mark Cantor and Jack Lou. I think it would be wonderful to do an episode, it, kind of like a um, like a debate, maybe, or, or something that like they do in news. That we can have a live discussion between Fernando and Rick. That'll never happen. I was
2: literally, I was literally just thinking that, I I said it out loud. She read my
0: mind. Oh, uh, I mean, it's 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 a it's a pipe dream, but. You know, and I, I can be uh, the Wolf Blitzer of CNN. I can be, you know, uh, I can be Katie Couric. I guess, I guess met her, so she's just on my mind. Uh, just to kind of just moderate. Don't Matt, just don't say Matt Lyle. No, no <laughs> nope, nope, no. I respect women. Uh, just to, uh, th- to mediate it because it, a lot of the GNR history, the bad blood, seems to be based on miscommunication. Band members, management, fans. So if we can get the communication right, Maybe this can have a, a happy ending. So uh, we shall see. We shall see. So, uh, Brett, anything um, new you want to talk about? Alt Nation? Any articles uh, up there that you want uh, people to, to to check out? Because again, I, I know you're always going to cover stuff that uh, we're doing here at the AFD show. For those who are uh, maybe slow and catching up to episodes or want to have a transcript of a certain section of an interview, you're always on that. But anything, uh, anything else going on in the world?
2: Well, yeah. Yeah. by yeah, by time this episode's up, this article might have been up for a few days, but uh, yeah, there's, there should be an article up about uh, the Reckless Road book and how it almost became a movie made by James Franco. Yeah. So that, that should be up. I just wrote it. so Could oh. be a week old by this point, though. So you can go look it up on AlternativeNation.net.
0: Right on. Yeah, that was one of the uh, the interesting tidbits that Mark Cantor uh, gave during that interview, and that was just uh, a lot of fun. So, you know, uh, as long as I don't get banned from uh, the radio or doing this podcast, I'll, I'll keep doing it and talking about you know anything related to Guns N' Roses? Whether it's hands-on talking about the band, talking about the set list, talking about the tour, or we're going to talk about all these fringe things—bands uh, getting uh, fans getting banned—some uh, some good classic stories. Um, you know, I hope you don't mind me saying uh, thank you to uh, UltimateGuitar.com because as we're recording this, they just picked up a uh, a cool steel. I think you actually did it first too, as well. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. They picked up on later. No, I like Ultimate Guitar. Yeah,
0: yeah. Cause you did it no, first. It was the interview.
2: Talk- I've talked to uh, one of the reporters on on that site, and he's he's been pretty cool to me.
0: Yeah. Um, sometimes I talk to uh, to Marco over there. Very nice. But they picked up the story from the Steel Panther interview that I did that Axel. Uh, was was napping, and they were not allowed to sound check because Axel was napping somewhere within the vicinity of where they would yeah. be sound checking.
2: Well, well, that's well. This a funny story. It makes sense. If I were him, I'd do the same thing, man. It's got three hours every night. You know, it's like, come on. Oh, absolutely, some
0: absolutely. No, it's it's just a funny story, and yeah. it's sometimes you got to clickbait it to get people to click? Mm-hmm. Because, again, there's so much shit out there, so much information out there. Yeah. How do you yeah, stand above one, the rest?
2: One comment on that, you know, without you know, going down the rabble, if people think I post these headlines, like, because, oh, I think they're the great, like, I do it because, I try and have a sense of humor about it. but I put it up because that's what people are going to read. But if people think that I'm, <laughs> that I think all these headlines are like Edward R. Murrow, you know, it's, uh, you know, I don't know. You either get it or you don't but uh brando seems to get it but yeah anyways but yeah thanks for having me on brando appreciate it
0: you got it and i suggest you we'll see if you, you do in the future but if you wanted because you have like a mad magazine kind of feel to it but i think some people just kind of expect you to be yeah, we had
2: conversation when we met about right presenting the set even more that way especially since mad magazine isn't in business anymore so <laughs> yeah
0: you'll be the new oh is it alfred e newman be uh, yeah. Brett E Buchanan or whatever. <laughs> yeah,
2: sure. Yeah, something, S-
0: alias. something like that. Well, Brett, uh, thanks for thanks for everything. Obviously, it was wonderful to to meet you. Thanks for sharing your your thoughts on ACL and Rick, the band man uh, Dunsford. And uh, I'm sure, obviously, we'll do this again uh, real soon.
2: All right, cool. Have a good one, Brando. Later.
0: So that does it for this episode of Appetite for Distortion. Again, I can't thank you enough for for hanging out with me for. Another edition of the AFD show. Whether it be, uh, wh- however you're listening, whether it's via iHeartRadio, the iHeartRadio app, Spreaker, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, uh, Spotify, Google Play, whatever, wh- wherever you you get your podcast, whoever you're, you're most comfortable listening to, uh, to it. Just, just thanks for for hanging out, and I hope you tell friends about us. Uh, we we get new listeners each and every day. Uh, I get the messages on Facebook, facebook facebook.com, slash the AFD show, or on Twitter, at the AFD show. So, uh, meeting new friends every single episode and every single day. So, uh, just thanks for coming along this podcast night train. Uh, On the way, uh, I did mention last episode, we will be speaking with Rod Jackson again, former Slash's Snickbit singer. Also, uh, Chesney and Atkins, just waiting for them to finish their album, which... Some people will probably confuse with the Guns N' Roses album, but it's going to be all original material. Can't wait to speak with them. And I believe I'll be interviewing also a man named Jake Brennan. Jake has this great book and podcast out called Disgrace Land, And there's a whole chapter about Axl Rose. About these rock stars that uh, should be dead or should have gotten in trouble. Um, so it, that'll be interesting. That'll be interesting conversations. So that'll be uh, on the way as well. But of course, best way to keep uh, abreast of uh, everything going on here at the podcast in between episodes is on social media. So give us a like, give us a follow. So until next time, when will you hear the next episode? Well, in the words of Axel Rose concerning Chinese democracy, I don't know as soon as the word, but you'll see it. No! Fuck it!